Welcome to Off the Bench with Danny Cannell. Danny Cannell. Back to throw versus Danny. Beach is tight end. And Raja Bell. Bell has done three three. 22 to Raja. It's all the future of football right before your eyes. Just yell it out, man. He can't guard me. All right, what's going on? Welcome to Off the Bench uh, with Cannell and Bell. Brought to you by Citizen Watches. Got to check those out, man. We're going to get to those later. Echo drive. (laughs) Echo drive. I'm telling you, I'm like all in. That's right. We got a huge show to get to today. Uh, We got a ton of stuff. Kyler Murray has picked football. We'll tell you why. Why I'll tell you why we got quotes around that. We have more tampering allegations, fines, everything going on. You better air quote that too. (laughs) That's true. Tampering. (laughs) And uh, also we have some new shoes by Jordan Brand for Russell Westbrook. It seems like we're almost doing that on a nightly basis. Right. Because he gets a new pair, a new design. These ones are pretty sweet, though, so we'll get to those later. But first, first thing I said there, air quotes, Kyler Murray picks football. Yep. Sent out a tweet, had a nice statement, how much he loves football. He's committed to it. He's passionate since he was a kid. He was raised to be a quarterback, and that's all he wants to do. I'm fully committed. So his quote was, moving forward, I'm firmly and fully committing my life and time to become an NFL quarterback. Uh, over the past couple of days, we've learned he's hired a football agent that was not Scott Boris. That was his baseball agent, mm-hmm. uh, Eric Burkhardt of Select Sports Group. Uh, this supposedly caught the athletics off guard because the A's were thinking, oh, he was going to report to spring training this this weekend on, right. on fr- uh, February 15th. But he says, hey, I'm, I'm not going. I'm going to go to the NFL Combine, which starts on February 26th. He says he's going all in. So what that means. So Jeff Passan reported. Kyler Murray, and he now has to return $1.29 million of his $1.5 million signing bonus, the money the A's gave him last year. He forfeits the remaining $3 million due on March 1st. The A's will put him on the restricted list, and they will retain his rights, uh, but they don't get a compensatory draft pick. So he's got to get back some money, which is no big deal, because either way, he's going to get paid a boatload more money, whether it's from the A's as they make a juicier offer or whatever team drafts him in the first round. It'll clearly be more than $3 million. You think this is posturing? I don't know if posturing is the right word. I feel like all of us in the media are getting used as pawns in a much bigger diabolical scheme. Okay. okay? Because I can't, I have it a hard time believing that Kyler Murray in the span of seven days, cause it was well, less, it was, yeah, it was just over seven days ago when he was in Atlanta mm-hmm. making the rounds was, I don't know. I love both. I kind of want, I would love to do both. I'm not sure that all of a sudden he's, He's, since he was the born, he was a kid, he was raised to be a quarterback. That, like, you just don't come to that decision on your own in that short of a span. The other thing, I do think, and this is where I don't blame Kyler Murray one bit. I think it's all the people around him, from his dad to the agents, plural. Now he's got two, one that's trying to boost up his football stock, one that's trying to boost up his baseball stock. I think they are playing all of us in the media to maximize the dollars they can get for Kyler Murray. And I'm okay with that, but I just, like, when I see all these reports going around, you have Kirk Herbstreit say, oh, I'm hearing that he could go number one, and the the Arizona Cardinals are going to trade away Josh Rosen. And when you hear all these different things floated out there, well, maybe he's going to take a number one overall. I don't buy any of it. The A's still retain the right to to make an offer above and beyond the minor league deal. They could throw a major league deal at him if they really, really want him. And they would have to surpass whatever they think he would get in the NFL depending on where he's drafted, right? Like, so, like, for instance, the first pick, first pick in the draft. Yep. 
right? And for the NFL, what's about thirty million guaranteed? Thirty-two guaranteed. So Baker Mayfield got a twenty-one point eight million dollar signing bonus. Yeah, thirty-two of his guaranteed. So then the A's would have to take a swing in and about or better than thirty-two. If if if, if they believe rumored, no, correct. Going to go number one overall. If, if they say, well, to get him to to not play football, right. that's so. What, what do we hear? Just a day out, like within the twenty-four hour news cycle of him announcing he's playing football, we've heard multiple reports saying. Oh, well, maybe the, the Cardinals would take him number one overall. Like, you don't think that's coincidence? That's absolutely stuff that is planted by people with a purpose to maximize the potential, the earning potential. That would be very, you know, well played and pretty calculated. Absolutely. Um, I, I would, I would actually hope it's not that and that, you know, I came on here and I was pretty harsh about how Kyler Murray was coming off in those interviews when he was kind of non-committal, didn't look like he could answer the questions, didn't look like he was prepared for the questions. And right. at the time I said, I really hoped that this is just him trying to be coy about something that he already knows. Like, he's made a decision, and he's trying to, like, be coy about it and not answer questions. He's just not really good at it. It would make me feel a lot better about him, like, as a person that could handle, like, the, the rigors of an NFL season at the quarterback position. So I'm hoping that he always felt like this and just wanted to kind of straddle the fence for a while and play the game for a while, um, and, and that he always wanted to play quarterback. And here's what I'll say to you. I haven't seen him play baseball. But when I watched him play football this year – he looked like he was having fun. Like he didn't look like, you know, he was just out. Like he was, there was a joy about him when he was playing football. We just saw one of the clips a few seconds ago, yeah, where where it really looked like it was it was oozing from his pores. And again, I don't have any baseball clips to kind of uh, you know to compare against. Uh, but but I, I'm I'm going to go go ahead and believe him. Like I really do think he wants to play quarterback uh, at the NFL level. And then my question to you becomes like. Where is he? Like, what is he a number one type of pick? Like, can you can you take five nine, one hundred and eighty pounds at number one? So a lot of you know the the assumption is, hey, Baker Mayfield blazed the trail, right? He right. was the number one overall pick, and then he backed it up with really good play in his rookie season. The thing about it, and it's it's like how, and I've I've done my myself my evaluation of quarterbacks over the past ten years. I've been don't look at the size, just look at the tape, like right. look at the film on the field. Here's the differences that Baker uh, between Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray. Baker Mayfield was more adept at getting through his progressions and getting to, all right, one's not there. Let me see. Where is two? Now my outlet is three. I'm going to bump it over here to my outlet. Right. Like that's, that's NFL style system where you get through your progressions. And they weren't all like that because Lincoln Riley, this great offensive mastermind is a guy who a lot of times will, you'll have predetermined, Hey, you're going to throw that ball no matter what. Right. right? And they're open and you can do that. And that happened a lot with Baker Mayfield, but there were times when you see him get through his progression with Kyler Murray. It's a little bit more of hit that first guy. Like if he's open, you make that throw. And right. When you watch him, it does become a little bit more playground style, a little bit more unscripted, and that will scare off coaches because they'll assume that can't work at the NFL. That's where I would disagree because I do think his speed translates where he can do the same types of things. He can play off script at the NFL level, and even more so if you get a coach who embraces his style of play, you start working in more bootlegs, get him outside where you're almost encouraging him to just drop down his guard and start looking for guys that are open. That's a very polarizing you know, feature of players. The other thing, so let's say he lacks that ability to get to his progressions that Baker has. What he lacks there, he makes up for because he's way faster and way more athletic than Baker Mayfield. Yeah, I feel like um he's kind of a hybrid between like Baker and Lamar almost. Yes. Right? Yeah, it's a good yeah. yeah. Where he's probably a better pure thrower than Lamar, but yep. way more athletic and plays out of the pocket and can make more stuff happen with his legs than Baker. Um between him and because Dwayne Haskins is the other guy, right? Yep. 
And I feel like, you know, Dwayne Haskins is prototypical size, arm strength, you know, but only one year of, of real. And McCollum you know, Murray both only one year. True, yeah. true. Um, but if you looked at them, you know, on, on a scale of quarterbacks that have been drafted historically, you, you would say Dwayne Haskins fits the bill, right? Like oh, the only other quarterback to ever win a game, like under six feet in NFL history, I believe is, is, uh, is, uh, um, Doug Flutie. Yeah. You know, and Doug yep. Flutie wasn't a great NFL quarterback. There's not right. a, lot, a lot of data to support like 5'9", but, Five nine is the way more electrifying dude when you watch him play. Absolutely, like he's the playmaker. He's and and so I kind of lean towards you. Where like my concern with Kyler Murray has nothing to do with his height; it's durability. Because right. Because he's also I didn't even say that he's also probably about twenty pounds lighter than Baker Mayfield. Like Baker, which lived, is an issue, like, works out. Yeah. Kyler's got to add some weight. I think he's listed at one ninety five, which probably means he's probably one ninety. He needs to bump that up to about 210 to be able to handle it, or else he's going to end up like Pat White. Do you remember Pat White when the Dolphins selected yeah. West Virginia quarterback? Yeah, really slight. And and Bill Parcells, this was way before. This is 10 years ago when the NFL didn't have the rules of protected you. And he got drilled by Ike Taylor in a play where he was scrambling to the outside and never played again. Never like the he same, was yeah. done. Like he was put into another planet. Right. Never, like He was like, what did I do playing the NFL? Right. That's my only concern with Kyler Murray's durability. But today's game, you don't have to worry about that as much as more. Like that's, I'm trying to fight myself from that thinking too, because it is a little bit more, you know, they protect you much more. But the one area they don't protect you is when you run. When you run, yeah. That's why Lamar Jackson got banged up. Cam Newton got banged up when he started running. And Cam Newton's 6'5", 245 pounds. Like he can handle it. Is it fair to say, like, if you, if you draft him, like you have to make a commitment to shaping a roster around what he does, right? Like, you know, he's not going to be in the pocket all the time, right? So your lineman, I mean, you know, those linemen have to be able to get up and go too, right? Got to be able to play out in, in spaces if you yes. know, right? Yep. Um, like receiving core, you, you've got to then look for the guys that can go off script when he starts to scramble and are good out there just, you know, kind Everybody of freelancing. Can do that though, like that's not a specific skill set. You just have to train guys to know what to do right. when the quarterback scrambles. You know, right. like every team I've ever been on, you do as part of like your individual offseason training, you do a scramble drill yep. where, you know, you run a play. And then the quarterback breaks out of the pocket and like the outside guy is supposed to go deep and the middle guy is supposed to come downhill toward the sideline. You know, like there's an assignment for different guys, but it's, it's like kind of an afterthought drill. Like everybody's like, Oh, do we really have to do this? But if you have a guy like Kyler Murray, but he's going to be playing that, he's going to be playing that way like 50% of the time. Absolutely. So you better really hone in on those skills to see what it goes. In any, in any case, like I, I'm with you. I hope he's. I hope he plays football because I'd love to see him get that opportunity. Sure. I want to see him get paid. I just, I'm not there yet where I fully trust that it's all in until I see him sign. Well, I think that's fair. Like they've yeah. been re- like, you've been all over the place with yes. this. Yeah. Absolutely. Totally. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you have sports mixed with your pop culture, along with humor and celebrity interviews, your earbuds are enjoying the Rich Eisen Show. Dan Orlovsky, are you still a Jaden Daniels is the best quarterback available in the draft guy? I think the three things that make it stand out for me are, number one, I think his ball placement versus man coverage is the best in the draft. Every quarterback in the NFL is accurate. He's got the best on tape. Number two, most transferable stuff to the NFL. And then I think the third thing is pocket peace. Search for the Rich Eisen Show on YouTube or wherever you listen. Uh, NBA. 
Hannah was just re- uh, doing an update and telling us so she's ruined our tease. Like, yeah. I was like, did they get it or not? Duh, yeah. duh, duh. If you haven't heard it now by 1020 in the uh, morning, then you're under a rock somewhere. So Russell Westbrook uh, does get his 10th straight triple-double, which is an NBA record. Uh, passes Wilt Chamberlain for the longest streak. He had 21-14-11 and 11 and a win over the, play, uh, the Trailblazers. He has 127 career triple-doubles, third all-time. He's still pretty young. But I think like the story of this Thunder team may not be what Russell Westbrook's doing because we're already aware of what, what he's capable of. But it's Paul George who's been absolutely on fire. He also had a triple-double scoring 47 with 12 and 10 to go along with it. And like there's people starting to say, and actually the words are coming out of their mouth, as Dame Lillard said after the game, Paul George is the MVP. Yeah. The real MVP. Who's the real MVP? I mean, Paul George is definitely in the conversation for that. And as, as, uh, as Oklahoma City continues to like rise in the Western Conference, like his case will get stronger and stronger because he's playing at a phenomenal level. I mean, 45% from three, 46% from the field. He's averaging 32 a game, uh, 7.7 rebounds. Like this is two years removed from just a catastrophic injury, Danny. Like, do you know what I right. mean? Like, oh, that was nasty. That was one of those. Look, could have been career ending. So it's pretty cool to see. And look, I give Paul George a whole lot of credit, but I'm going to say again, I said it the other day for those of, for those out there that said Russell Westbrook would never win, right? It was an indictment on his style of play and his unwillingness to share and do what we think is like, uh, in the best efforts of winning, right? I always thought Russell Westbrook did that or Russell Westbrook did that. Because he didn't have a peer out there once Kevin Durant left. So he looked around and said, well, my best chance to win is me getting it done. Mm -hmm. So I thought it was out of necessity. It's kind of confirming like for me that I was seeing what I thought I saw because now he's got a peer and he has no problem letting Paul George carry the mail. Like, and while I don't like, I know people are like, you're taking away from what Paul George is doing by giving Rushbook the credit. You got to understand this is a dude who didn't share the ball for the last three seasons unless he was giving you a basket. You still have 10, 11 assists, but it was like spoon, spoon speeding, spoon feeding yes, people thanks. baskets. He is getting off this ball willingly to Paul George, allowing him to make plays, even if Russ doesn't get the assist. And I think that takes a, a mature player, a player who is in a winning place mentally to be able to do that when he hasn't done it for the last three years. So I do have to give Russ a whole lot of credit, uh, as well. Yeah. I think he's, I think he's always, that's what, that's why he's one of my favorite players. I think he's doing, doing, he does whatever it takes to yeah. win. And I think like he plays hard. He goes for like the full game, which we don't see a lot. He plays with a ton of passion. Uh, also gets his triple doubles, but he's also not afraid to share. That's your just sure. James Harden. So I'm curious to see if you have any beef with this whatsoever. He was hunting. He was hunting for that he record. Was late hunting. In the game. So I've always been, it's kind of the way I was raised. Yeah. You don't look at the stat sheet after mm. the game. You don't pay attention mm. to that. Well, he had, he was going for his 30th straight game with yeah. points. He's nursing a sore shoulder, right? They were uh they were up nine when he hit his three to get to twenty three points. Uh they kinda had the game in hand, but then all of a sudden he just takes over and starts going for it and gets it. Was Everybody assumed it was over. Hunting Yes, I uh, have a problem with him hunting. No. I mean there are some things that I would have, like, for instance, when Ricky Davis threw it off of his own basket to get a rebound yeah, when he needed right. one rebound for a triple-double. Right. Yes, I have a beef with that. This one I don't really have a beef with. Like, he owed it, number one, like, to himself. Like, he's been carrying a team for a long time without his supporting cast. So if you have a cool streak like this where you're talking about 30 points in 30 straight games, I- I'm going to grant you the opportunity one night 
to go hunting for that when your team's up with two minutes to go and it's over. Like, I'll give you that. Plus, I think the fans there, they were at home last night, right? Like, the beards were out. You owe it to the fans, like, to continue to try to trace that streak. Like, everyone's invested in that streak now. So while, like, some streaks or some, like, records look kind of tacky when you're doing it, like, I could tell he was hunting, but it didn't look tacky to me. Like, I was right, okay it wasn't with that. Cheap. Yeah, I was fine with like, it. Like, I can't stand when a baseball, uh, a batter or a hitter is hitting 300 and then he sits the last game. Yeah. He doesn't want to go over yeah, four. Right, right. Batting drive, it drops. <laughs> right. Like, I, I'd appreciate a guy going out there trying to make it legit. Yeah. This is legit. That's why I don't have a problem with it. I get the game was in hand. But you make a really good point that I hadn't thought of it from that perspective. The fans that are at the game, yeah, they, want to see this they wanted that at the at home games. His mom sits courtside for every every game. So after that last three, he ran over to where his mom was, and that's where he was celebrating. Yeah, that's man. like the stuff that you forget and you don't look at sometimes. And if there's any like old curmudgeon, which I have to protect myself from being, as I Me get too, older, at times. like yeah. I don't want to be that guy. You have to remember, like there are there are human aspects to this, and what a great experience for his mom to be there. Like the, like all of this is incredible. Right? Yeah, I think I think. Uh, you know, the interesting thing for me will be how long can they continue to play this style as they get healthy. Right. Right. Because we've already said, and, and, and he, he's admitted it. Um, that style's not going to translate into, to giving them the best opportunity to win the championship this year. And for those of them that thought that they were knocking on the door and should have won it last year or Chris Paul didn't get injured, you have to have them get more, like, get back to playing like that a little bit where you have a two-headed monster, like, on the ball. Um, so how long, like, balancing how long you allow him to continue the streak versus like when do we need to flip into like our playoff style mode is is what Mike D'Antoni's trying to go through right now like how how do we morph into that yep and it's a tough dilemma to be in yeah those guys start coming back too guys want the ball there's only one ball to go around NBA tampering has been a, a popular subject around here yeah. around the country yeah. uh the last month so a couple of days ago there was a report that the NBA was threatening the Pelicans to fine them $100,000 for every game that they sat Anthony Davis. The NBA now has denied that. Okay. But that wasn't enough for them. So they also came out and actually did find another team and the Milwaukee Bucks, uh, one of their owners fined them 25 grand for comments that were out there <laughs> with the, uh, with the, the Pelicans news though. Like this, all of this is so dumb for me. And we've talked about this a bunch. The whole tampering stuff as a, as a whole, it's going to happen. It's, it's almost a natural thing. Like I think yeah. it's, it's totally like the Milwaukee Bucks owner was uh fined 25 grand because he had a comment that said, "Yeah, we'd love to see Anthony Davis play for the Bucks." Like, who wouldn't? Who wouldn't say that. that was when LeBron, remember he came out right. like, "I'd love to play with Ben Simmons. I'd love to play with Chris sure. Paul. I'd love to play with Dwayne." Like he went around the league and said, "Are you going to find me for that?" Right. Like, I feel like that's what the Bucks owner should do now too. Some of these things just don't make any sense from a common sense standpoint. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Like he was answering a question about like, was it flattering that Anthony Davis opened up his list and put you guys on the list, right? Like, yes. what's he what's he supposed to say to that? Right. Like, you know what I mean? And so I'm with you on that. Um, the Pelican situation with Rich Paul and what are they called? Are they Clutch Sports? Is that what the name of their? Yeah. Just uh, that's been handled poorly. It's a bad look for them. Like, first of all, you guys are the ones you came out. Uh, and, and you told the Pelicans and the media, you didn't even give the tel Pelicans a chance. You came out and told the media that you had asked for a trade for Anthony Davis, right? You don't get to trade. It doesn't work out. Um, and now you're the, you're running back to the league, like tattletaling that they don't plan on playing Anthony Davis. Like, you know what I mean? Like it looks, it's a bad look. It makes you look kind of petty and whatever. And I am always pro player. You have the right, um, under the collective bargaining agreement and you've got leverage to ask for a trade and teams usually have to move you if you're good enough so they don't lose you for nothing. And I always support you leveraging, you know, that, that position. But if you can't get traded right away 
and a, and a team has to hang on to you and they want to get the number one pick in the draft. And the only way for them to do that is to lose games or have a chance at the number one pick in the draft. I have no problem with them saying, Hey, look, we're going to sit you. I have no problem with that. And I don't think that the league should step in and I get it. They can't have their stars sitting and so on and so forth. Right. But what, what, what leverage do I have as a team? Like I, I, I have none in this, in this situation. He says he doesn't want to play here. He is not in our future at all. I am now trying to secure a future by either playing some of these younger guys and getting them on job experience or making sure I lose enough games to get a shot at Zion or RJ or whoever that is. You're going to take that away from me saying I got to play the dude who's already told me he don't want to be here. I disagree with that wholeheartedly. And so if they're going to make you play him, you're New Orleans, you run the risk of looking real petty to the rest of the league because you want to attract. Worried about your future? Yeah, I'm like this. Okay, fine, I'll play you. Like I'm playing you five minutes. Here you go, roll like out there. Start. Boop. Yep. I'll play you five minutes again in the second half. Boop. Have a seat, sir. We're yep. good. I'm serious. Because like, either way, they lose. If he gets hurt, they're screwed. They're screwed. They're not gonna have any trade. If right. he plays and they win, they're screwed. They're hurting their chances in the draft. Like I'm with you. I. It's really a tough situation that the NBA has got their they got themselves into yeah. because you know it was cheered hey the players have more power than they ever have and now you're hearing more like pushback from guys like Charles Barkley guys like yourself yeah. they're saying well hold on a second i don't know if this is good for the NBA and maybe the NBA does need to step in and prevent some of these it's it's a tricky well, dynamic for the NBA to it, monitor this and it, kind of police it it, it really is and because the finding isn't going to work that's, it always happens man when you wind up with like a rule and people you know, you, you don't realize that that rule is going to be abused, right? Like, it, it's an advantageous rule for like one party or the other. Um, and that's fine in, in small doses. But when it starts being abused by everybody who's got a chance to abuse it, like, now you got to make a change to that, right? Because while I'm okay with a guy saying, Hey, look, man, I've given you seven years of my life. Like, I would like to move on. That's fine. When you start like dictating and, and, and like, look, no, I'm only going there. No, I'm, I'm not going there. I'm only going there. Like, that's really hamstringing franchises and their ability to do business. Do you know what I mean? And so, again, I still support it because I'm a player, but the NBA does have to look into that and do something about it because it's putting franchises in a really tough spot. And if you're not going to let that franchise do what it needs to do to help secure the future that no longer exists with said player, then you're wrong, in my opinion, if, if you're the NBA. So Anthony Davis is clutch sports. You know who else is? Ben Simmons, who yeah. also this past couple of, you know, the news cycle has also been mentioned as possibly tampering rules. And this one's kind of a joke, too. All these don't, like... They just, they're kind of comical, like where we are with pettiness and stuff that goes down. So Ben Simmons apparently reached out to Magic Johnson and said he wanted to train with him. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I believe that or not. That's, that's per magic, right? That's (laughs) magic. That's what magic has said. Yes. Magic told reporters on Sunday in Philly, Simmons reached out to me, not to me directly to the Lakers to find out if we can get together this summer. (laughs) I said, Hey, you've got to clear that with the league. Of course he did. Right. And if everybody, the Sixers sign off, we sign off, the league signs off, fine. We'll do that. But I love his game. I love his vision. I love also he's very tall, blah, blah, blah. And Elton Brand came out on behalf of the Sixers and said, Lakers GM Rob Palenka called me and said that Ben wanted to talk to Hall of Famers after the season. Magic was on the list. He asked for authorization. I said no. Brand later apologized to Magic for insinuating the Lakers reached out unprompted. All of this is just, it's kind of, it's again, it goes to the soap opera that the NBA is off the court. Um, Look, I'm... Magic, why offer that up? You weren't asked about it. Like, this was in a conversation. So, the like, Magic offered up this nugget. He loves to talk, though. But, but, but dude, <laughs> like, some jobs that you have, like, 
you're not supposed to. It's like John Gruden, right? Like, like John Gruden was, was great for TV because he, he talked a lot and gave up a lot of information. Probably not great as a GM or a president to be doing that. Do you know what I mean? There's stuff that you have to keep to yourself. So he was posed just a general question about what do you think about Ben Simmons? And you offer this up? Like, not a very, not a very shrewd thing to do as, as a general manager. And I'm okay with Elton Brand putting the kibosh on that only because he's the GM of the Lakers. Like, if, if, if Ben Simmons reaches out to other Lakers greats. Right. Like, and you're Elton Brand, you should not have a say in that because guys do it all the time. Well, they'll, they'll like task, like, like, look, LeBron wants to work out with Hakeem. Like, Hakeem, yeah, he's, he's a, he's a great and he's around the Houston Rockets. That's not threatening to the Heat because that's your player trying to get better. So anybody that's going to help Ben Simmons fulfill his potential as a player, I'm okay with, except Magic, who happens to be like the acting GM or whatever president of the Lakers, and and then I don't want Ben Simmons anywhere near. All of this pettiness and all this stuff that's going on with fines and all these accusations that are going around, don't you think a lot of it is people are jealous of Rich Paul and his agency, Clutch Sports. They're jealous of the power that the players are getting now. Yeah. Now you're seeing some players potentially abuse that power, so everyone's like just looking for somebody to out them to get them in trouble and like – I feel like there's a lot of just behind the scenes stuff that there's a power, very real power struggles and jealousy and all this stuff going on in the background. It's why you're seeing it bubble to the surface. I feel like the Lakers getting LeBron has exacerbated all of that. Totally. Cause there's a Laker bias to begin with, right? Like it's, you know, it's like the Yankee thing, right? Yeah. Or, or the Red Sox thing or the Patriots thing. Like people love to hate. You, you know what I mean? Like you either got your, 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 your avid, like, like supporters and your, your, your diehards for that town. And then you got everybody else who hates them, right? I, it was really interesting. So when I got into the thing with Kobe, and I don't mean to take it like off, but Kobe and I had the beef, right? And it was really interesting to me to watch or, or, or listen to people talk to me about it when I run around the country. Like you either had people that loved Kobe and were willing to like kill me over what <laughs> happened to Kobe, or you had people that really didn't like Kobe. It was a really polarizing dude at the time. The Lakers brand is like that too. So LeBron is like that. So you put like LeBron on the Lakers and now you've got like everybody else in the league is like, Oh hell no. Like you know what I mean? Like it's a it's a real thing. So a lot of what you're talking about becomes even magnified more because you've got now LeBron on the Lakers and the brand and Magic. Like you know what I mean? It just yep. becomes a, a bigger thing. Welcome back, Canel and Bell. Let's finish it off with some leftovers. Don't we usually get a leftover? Yeah, there was usually, but I like the citizen, citizen one better. Okay. It's kinda clean. Control. I like that. Look way more professional oh, right, leftovers right, right. one. Uh so Clemson had three players that were suspended for their Cotton Bowl and National Championship game. Dexter Lawrence, the biggest name, he's their defensive tackle, going to be a first-round pick, one of their offensive linemen and a tight end as well, failed an NCAA drug test uh, before the college football playoffs started. So at the time, Dabo Sweeney came out, and he was like, he took his, I, I appreciate him taking his player's side, but when he said this, I kind of rolled my eyes, because at the time he said, we don't know where it could come from. It could be from hair products. And I was like, all right, if you look up Osterine, like it's definitely like a performance hand. Right. Like, come on, Dabo. Like, let's be real. Then over the weekend, he's talking to the uh, Post and Courier and he comes out and he has these comments, which I was shocked that whoever's his legal counsel or the school's legal counsel let him come out and say this. But Dabo's kind of a shoot from the hip guy. Like he's right. always very open and honest. He said, Oh yeah. I mean, there's a chance that it could come from anything. They're going to test everything and look at everything, and that's the problem. As you really look at this stuff, it could be a contaminant that came from anything that was something that was cleared and not a problem, and all of a sudden it becomes there was something. He's basically saying that they could have been given supplements by the team 
and now they tested positive. It's like him saying, oops, like we didn't mean to, but we had these supplements. I don't know. I think he's crazy for saying this publicly. Right. I could totally see it happening, but you know the rules and you know how tricky it is. When I was in the NFL, they had it down to such a rigorous routine that they would literally say, you can only buy from this brand and this brand if you're at GNC or right. any other ones. And they and they even said, if you do buy them, come give us the receipts and show us what you're taking. That was when you were in the NFL? Yes. What about when you were at Florida State? This was like pre... They didn't do much. Like it was, it was like, hey, be careful, don't take steroids. Because I got handed, like when I was at FIU, I just got handed stuff. Right. They get like, I'm about supplements. Yeah. They're yeah. like, yeah, take that. F- yeah, I would lift. say it was similar. And I'm like growing, like I'm like 227 pounds, and I'm like, <laughs> oh, they're like, yeah, take that. I'm like, what? So I could have. I mean, I don't know. Right. Like you know they had I mean? powders, protein yeah. powders, all kind of stuff, and you just trusted that you, they correct. were there. I don't. I guess I appreciate the transparency of saying, well, maybe this just because there are factories, and this was one of the big education things that the NFL did. They said there are actually companies that will have one set of powders that's clean, and right next to it, they'll have another set of powders that, that has are the osterine in yeah, it. Yeah, that has whatever in it, right. and they'll like that can be very dangerous because what if it spills over and there's just trace amount? I roll my eyes at all of it. I'm like, yeah. come on, because I'm very skeptical of all of these guys that test because I've heard that hey, we ate a certain meat or we did this a certain spot. I don't know how this is going to end up, but I think it was a bad, like, I think he opened up a can of worms for that. Yeah. Yeah. I, someone's, uh, in the uh, SI or the, the public information or whatever department it is has called him in and been like, that already. Right. It's a legal counsel. Like, yeah. Don't do that. like, what are you doing? Don't do that. Don't do that. Absolutely. Um, so I told you like the big three, right? Like the big three called and asked if I play and stuff like that. Yeah. I need to check into like their drug policies because I told you my back is terrible. Yeah, a little HGH. Yeah, like, I, that. Who am I? I might like be all right. Bucks. Correct. Yeah, for sure. I think you should do it no matter what because your kids got to see you play. Yeah, there's part of me that really wants to do it for them, but say my back is terrible. Deal. Say it's a package deal. Me and you. Yeah, let's go. I'll run the point. I'll just feed it. I'm a good. I'm a good facilitator. I can pass around. You don't think I get it done? You know I, mean? hey, I think it's, listen. Some of those old dudes in there. there there's some older dudes. All there with old gray hair. But there's some young dudes in there that are cooking, and I'm really like trying to really figure out if that's in my best interest because I don't want to be embarrassed. You know what I mean? Like I'm I'm not in great shape. So I need a prediction for you. Celtics at Sixers. Celtics at Sixers. Who, what's the line? So, uh, Sixers are six and a half point favorite without Kyrie. Is that yes, correct? Yeah. Okay. Take the Sixers with the points. Take the Sixers with the points. Take the Sixers to cover. cover. All right, cool. Correct. All right. Watch an eye for that. Take it to the bank. Make yep. sure you subscribe on iTunes at Canel and Bell.